Nicole Walters is a former top-selling corporate executive who quit her six-figure sales job to pursue her passion and build a multi-million dollar business coaching fellow dreamers and entrepreneurs. She is the host of a popular podcast, a TV personality, in-demand motivational speaker, and the author of the forthcoming memoir, Nothing is Missing, a memoir of living boldly. Nicole is passionate about teaching everyday people how to own their power and trust they already have everything they need to succeed. She and I have been friends for many years throughout our online entrepreneurial journeys, and I can't wait to share more of her wisdom and goodness with you today. Okay, this is such a treat to have my friend Nicole Walters on with me today. Nicole, for anyone who isn't familiar with you yet, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So uh, my name is Nicole Walters. I've known Corinne now for, honestly, I think it's probably been like seven years or so since we've met. So we've been through so many changes and transitions. You knew me before and I knew you before, you know? Yes. What I do is I really help women who are looking to build businesses without compromising themselves or their values. And that is surprisingly very different in this space when we're told that we have to do things a certain way. And I've really been proud of the fact that over the past 10 years, I built a business that does just that. So I'm also an author, a top podcaster. I've had TV shows on USA Network. And and I'm just generally a personality, if you will. I'm a whole lot. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I do. And I'm a mom also, of course. That's like my favorite job. So and a follower of Christ, which I should know, which is weird because sometimes it does feel like a job to be a follower of Jesus. (laughs) You know, like sometimes I'm like, isn't this supposed to be the cushy life? It is not. Sometimes it's work. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sometimes it feels like the harder path, but yes, it does. Yes. The more rewarding too. And and I feel like that's something we share. Yes. So Nicole, I still remember (laughs) watching you quit your job online. And I don't know that very many people got to experience that, (laughs) that I mean, a lot of people did, but Mm -hmm. I was one of the people that got to just watch and go, is this really happening? Is this guy really doing this? So Mm -hmm. let's start there and talk about that and what those emotions were like and why you decided to quit actually a really good job. Yeah. So I had a six-figure job in corporate and it was great. You know, I loved what I was doing. And honestly, I do the same thing now. I just do it for different people. And Mm -hmm. if that's, you know, you know me and my lessons, if that's lesson number one, if you're looking to figure out a new way to serve. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes you can take what you're doing in the moment, use that until you get to your next thing, right? So that's what I did. I knew that I wanted to build a side hustle that allowed me to be home more because I just adopted three girls. Pin Mm -hmm. on that, right, Corinne? Because you know where that's going. Pin on that one. But I just adopted three girls. So I knew I had to quit my job so I could be home more and spend Mm -hmm. more time with my babies. And that meant that I had to build something that would also pay the bills. And so I went live online in front of 10,000 people after leading them, teaching them, showing them that it was possible, building a business that I knew could hire myself, right? I wanted to be my own boss. Yep. And I knew I had all the pieces. So I quit live in front of 10,000 people. And it was magnificent. It was crazy. That was 10 years ago. It was epic. Yes. Wild. Yes. So since then, you've been through a lot of changes, though, that I, I feel like I have I took your 1K one day course. And mm-hmm. and there have been a lot of iterations between then and now and, and your rich friends and all of that. So t- let's talk a little bit about that journey and and why that has taken kind of different turns along the way. 
Sure. I mean, because life throws you crazy turns, right? Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I think we've always shared is our prioritization of family and faith, you know, yeah. that we know if those two things are firmly rooted, everything else will work out no matter how bumpy it might be. And right. that was a huge part of it. I adopted three girls after meeting their mother on the side of the street in Baltimore City, and she was incarcerated 30 days later. And so I took in these three girls at ages three, 11, and 14 at the time. And that was 10 years ago. And at the time, the goal was mentor. And now I am definitely mama. And I know this mm -hmm. every time they call me and need something. So, <laughs> you know, and I have an 11 year old, a 21 year old and a 24 year old. So I talk about that story more in my new book, my memoir, nothing is missing. But since then, I'm really going over all those, the bumps, all the things that have happened. You know, I launch my business. It's scaled into multi-million. I opened up a huge headquarters with 16 employees, booked a TV show on USA Network called She's the Boss, documenting my journey of balancing motherhood and moguldom, you know, and all yeah. these things. And in between all of that, we all had a pandemic. Then my daughter was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She is fine now by the grace of God and fine forever. And then I had another daughter that ended up going into recovery for addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I also went through a very difficult, wildly unexpected divorce. Yeah. So a lot of things happened in that time frame, which is why it's time for a memoir. Nothing is missing because I am still standing here and I have no other reason to do that, but to talk about like how good God is and how grateful and how much that means about what I have left to do on this earth. Yeah. For anyone who wants to go back to like our very first season mm -hmm. of podcasting, like our first year, that whole story, we we unpack that whole story of you yep. adopting your girls. But I would love to since then, you mentioned so many things that have happened. And so mid tiny, right, was yep. the one that that went through her cancer journey. Yes. You've called your girls always lovingly. Big tiny, mid tiny, and the puffin. My little mama puffin. puffin. That's yes. right. I was like, yes. wait, there's not a tiny. The, a the little tiny, yes, the, pu it's the yeah, puffin. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, and they're so beautiful, and you've just mm -hmm. done an incredible job loving them and mentoring them and and raising them. So let's talk though about that mid tiny's journey with cancer and what that was, how you guys got through that, and how you. I really admired how you incorporated God into that that whole walk? I think that a lot of us forget everyone is carrying hard stuff. Yes. And unfortunately, cancer has touched so many families. I don't know if there's too many people who don't know someone or have heard a story. I mean, it's just unfortunately very common now. And you always hope that illness will pass over your home. But unfortunately, it stopped the pay visit, but did not linger. And we found out she was diagnosed in 2019. And she was within the six months to live range. And it was moving aggressively, but it was a type of cancer that was known to be very responsive to chemotherapy, but we just had no time to waste. Yeah. Now, in my book, Nothing is Missing, I talk about a really pivotal moment where we were sitting in the ER waiting to find out kind of what was going on. Why is she losing so much weight? Why is her blood work weird? You know, mm -hmm. where all signs are pointing to this is something severe, but you are literally praying for a less severe, horrible thing, which right. is a very... I mean, when I tell you I have evolved in my relationship with God and my form of prayer from this. So the lesson in this portion of the book uh, that I talk about that is one that I don't think is taught enough if you are someone who is faith-based or just an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is the lesson of 
recognizing the power in in acknowledging that tough moments still teach us something as long as we remain focused on what we know to be true, which is yeah. we have a God that wants us to prosper. And if you aren't faith-based and you don't, it's that your life is set up for goodness. You know, mm-hmm. that is the truth of it all. Yeah. No matter what is happening, it's set up for good. So in that season, I mean, we're sitting in that room waiting and praying for a diagnosis of pneumonia or mono or all these things that you don't want your kid getting, you know, what I right, mean? Right. you don't want your kid getting, but we're like, this is actually the lesser of the terrible things it could be. And yeah, I talk about looking at my daughter in the face and boy, don't our kids teach us something when I said to her, very honestly, we're waiting for a diagnosis and it could be all things up to and including cancer. Mm-hmm. And she looked me in the face, 17 years old and said to me, mom, if it is cancer, I am not going to die from this. The power and bold declaration of those words, I felt like it was a, we always worry about, do we pray the right way? Are we using the right words? Are we, you know, mm-hmm. God hears yeah. all things. And that was yeah. a bold declaration. And something that we stood on the entire time through our chemo journey was no, it has been commanded that death will not enter this home. We are never going to turn away from believing that we are fortunate enough to serve a God that we know has the final say. So what that means in this space is that not only are we, we've already declared that you are healed, you know, in Jesus' mm-hmm. name, that's a done deal, but we are going to look for God everywhere and not ask, where is God? And that is such a big portion of the concept. Nothing is missing. Because so often when it's not good, people will say, where is God in all this? How did this happen? Where is the money in my business? Where is the opportunity? Where is the great launch? Where are the numbers? Where's my help? I'm a mom and I'm standing in the middle of the mess. Where's my sister? You know what I mean? Like, why is is the nanny late? You know, like we're always looking for what is missing without realizing that God is everywhere. Opportunity is everywhere. The help is everywhere. Nothing is ever missing. How can you use what you have? to get what you want. And that's the point of the book. And that was one of the many moments that I realized I have what I need in every situation to, to be okay. Yeah. What a beautiful lesson. And so now as you pray, what do you feel like has changed maybe the way you used to pray versus what you learned through that and how you pray now? That's a great question. Wow. And this is what I love about you is that you so, you so get it. Humility, you know, in knowing Mm -hmm. that I don't always need, you know how in the Bible they talk about like God knowing sort of every nook and cranny of our heart and our soul and our mind. He just knows us better than we know ourselves. And it can also fulfill and provide things that we don't even know to ask for. Boy, Mm -hmm. do I believe in that more than I ever did before. And I took a lot of pressure off myself in my prayer. Before it was sort of, if I don't pray in super duper specificity, you know, if I don't really know what I need, like what if God can't show up the way that I need him to, or yeah. let me always pray for more money or more help or more, you know, cause these are gaps that I know we can figure out. Now my prayer sometimes is just like, thank you God for using me. Like, oh, I'm about to get mm-hmm. teary about it. But there are moments where I'm like, thank you God just for using me. Like, yeah. please just use me, whatever it is. I know that that'll be good for me and for others. Before I work with people, or before I even like come on to have a chat with a friend like you, I'll say like, God, let me be an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just let me be an answer in somebody's world in some way. And so these really simple prayers, when I don't know what else to say, you know, have felt very fruitful and rewarding and fulfilling. And that is very different from my more flowery prayers that I used to make before where I thought, 
if I say all these things, then, you know, I'll know when God shows up, you know, it's like, no, I don't, I won't know when he shows up. Cause I said, please, God, let me walk in here and let them have a fresh diet Coke situation. I do not want flat soda, Lord, like, (laughs) please, Lord, when I go in there, let their machines work right. You know, (laughs) it's like, no, it is one of those things where I know I will be fine no matter what, because he's everywhere and there's nothing but goodness around me. Nothing is missing. Yeah. Well, and what I hear you say too is that, and I think I've gone through this in the past as well, where you feel like if you say the right words, then you're, you almost have control. Right. You get to control the outcome because you say the right things versus when you, you mentioned humility and when you kind of say, okay, whatever you want, God, then you're letting him direct the paths and, and I have found that as well, that when you trust his plan, it's always better than it's not you know. just better, but like, how many times have you looked on the back end and said, like, oh, girl, I am so glad that God gave me what he thought I deserved and not mm. what I thought I deserved. Right. Because if I'd gotten what I thought I deserved, it would have been a fraction of what God actually had for me. Like, just even things like, you know, I talk about my divorce, which was unexpected and wildly <laughs> painful to go through because I've been married for 12 years. And, that, and very you know, public. I was married, very public. Yeah. yeah. Like public in the context of I'm a public figure. So yeah. my family was out there. And so it was difficult to even say, and family such a, it's, I am, I'm born and bred to be a wife. That is like part of the union is part of who I am. And mm-hmm. I know that may not be a calling that everyone feels, but I definitely believe that's ordained in my life. And mm-hmm. I'm also born and bred to be a mom within yeah. a union. And I already know it's called over me to have more children. It was very difficult because can you imagine, I think some people can hearing this now can understand having a God call over your life and having zero of the pieces in front of you for it to make sense. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, if you know you've been called to have more children and then you're getting divorced, you're like, Lord, what you doing here? Because this is not making sense to me. You know, like, how can I have yeah. more children when I don't have the union? This is the opposite of what we've talked about, you know? And yeah. when I tell you, I realize that that is still to be fulfilled. It's just that it, it's going to look different than what I thought. Mm. And I'm, I just need to find the partner that is meant to be the designed and, and forever family that we're supposed to have. And I'm so glad because God is giving me what I need and what I deserve and not what I thought was right for me. Like I, I never want what I want. I always want what God wants for me. It's so much better. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard to admit though, girl, you know, it like, sometimes it's like, no, what I really want is this. It's like, ah, (laughs) but I really want what I want. So that's a constant lesson. Yeah. And I relate to that too. Cause when I, I also went through a divorce a, a long time ago when I was really young and I remember feeling that failure of, gosh, I set my whole life up to play these certain roles and mm-hmm. have it go a certain way. And then when it doesn't, for me, there was a lot of like kind of guilt and shame of I failed what I had prepared for and okay maybe things are being taken away from me because I did it wrong guilt or yes shame How did you deal with that as far as like, gosh, I set everything up to try to succeed and now this is failing? I mean, I'm, I still deal with it. I think that that's an element of grief almost, you know, mm-hmm. where, yeah. you know, even when you have like the good relationship with the family and God has really shown up and fulfilled everything, there's still that element of 
how did I not get this right the first time? Yeah. How did I, you almost have to forgive your younger self and recognize that it, thankfully God grows us. We're willing to receive it. So a new person has shown up today. I'm able to, to show up to this differently. And, but you know, I have to forgive that little girl because I was 22 when I got married, you know, I, I kind of yeah. did all the marks and did what I was supposed to do. And I stayed married and committed for 12 years. It just didn't play out the way I thought it would. And in my book, there's a phrase that I use that I think is really powerful for us to remember all the time, which is everything's right, meaning everything in your life is right. Everything is wrong, meaning it looks nothing like what I thought it should, mm. but nothing is missing. And that is so powerful for me to use on the day to day because I love to think like, oh my gosh, my life is so good and I'm grateful and I'm content in it because that's really important. But when I tell you it looks nothing like what it should, holy cow, it looks nothing like what it should. It looks like what God wanted, but it is nothing yeah. like what it should, both yeah. in the good and in the bad. You know, I grew up with absolutely nothing and I literally live a 1% lifestyle. That makes no sense. You know what I mean? It makes no sense, but it's right. And I'm grateful, yeah. you know, because God can literally pull you from where you are and put you where he wants you to be. Like that yeah. can happen suddenly. Like, I mean, and that is something that if you are a believer, when I tell you it is so biblically ordained, you can't, you can't reject it even if you wanted to, you know, that if God mm -hmm. said tomorrow, you will be a king, you will be a king, done. You don't have, you can't, you can't stop it, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that is a beautiful thing. And, but you better believe that that makes no sense that the shepherd will become a king. So it can be wrong at the same time that it is right. You know, it's mm -hmm. wrong in an earthly way and it's right in a heavenly way. And, yeah. and what that means in terms of the gap in between is that nothing is missing. So even if you're still there shepherding and you're saying to yourself, how will I ever walk my way into a palace? I don't have the transport. I don't have the outfit. I don't have the connections. I don't have the words. I don't have the experience. Make no mistake. You have everything because if it's ordained over your life and that calling is in your heart, you will get there. And that is something that I can speak with conviction now as I've experienced it. But you better believe I also have to remind myself regularly because I'm human, <laughs> you know, that I'm like, Lord. It's looking like stuff is missing. What's happening? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. So let's go back to, you mentioned just for a minute that you grew up with nothing. And I have always really loved that part of your story that you grew up with immigrant parents and that they taught you so many like deeply ingrained values that created the person that you are today. And I always kind of wrestle with teaching my kids about hard work but also trusting God and what yep. you're talking about, like you were ordained for certain things and certain things are are meant for you. So how do you marry those two concepts as you teach your children and as you teach in your book and in your courses and, and everywhere? How do you balance that out? Yep. Yeah. And you get it, Corinne, because it is, we don't want to raise kids who have a scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want our kids who are thinking that, oh no, I'm not going to have enough. And this anxiety of poverty, because that doesn't serve them in one, trusting God, and two, also trusting and knowing they have what they need to work mm -hmm. hard. Plus, you know, secretly on a side note that we would never want them to know all the way, mom's got it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would yeah. never let you, you know, harm come your way. I'm your mama. But I have to tell you, growing up in this book for the first time, I actually really go back to my childhood. And I talk about what it's like to be raised with parents that really believed in work ethic. I mean, the mm -hmm. message that I always received growing up was that no matter what you have in terms of resources, no one can outwork you. You know, that is your... That's thing. what I was taught too. Yeah. Yep. And, and that is something that like, when I tell you, I, it doesn't matter your race, 
your ethnicity, your region, your cultural background, your income level. That is a unifying theme with everyone I have ever met from billionaires to new millionaires to six-figureaires. And even to people who don't have a dime yet, but you know they will get it. They mm-hmm. all understand that their work ethic can be unique to them. That if yeah. you can literally just can be consistent and outlast the next person, you will you will get more, whatever that is. So simple fact that a lot of people don't know, the average, and it's appropriate because we're listening to it now, the average podcaster doesn't make it past 10 episodes. Right. So it's like, it's, it's a lot of it's work. A lot of work. It's, a lot it's a lot of work for a very little reward. And right. not even the beginning, but like the beginning, the middle, oh, the, I, like you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. So if that alone, if you can make it to 50 episodes, you are already in like the top 10% of podcasters. I mean, it is actually really easy to make it to the top in terms of not numbers hit. But the difference mm-hmm. is people can't make it past 10 because they just can't stay consistent in terms of work ethic. So for those listening right now and knowing, you know, how long Corinne's been doing this, also keep in mind while being a mom, while taking care of and feeding herself and drinking her water. Okay. You know, like these things, <laughs> like while doing all of these things, just an example of the type of work ethic required, but it also couples with, we are not unique and different. God is no respecter of persons. The blessings mm-hmm. we have are available for all. So mm-hmm. what that means is you're, you know, some of people look and they're like, well, that's easy for you because you're pretty, or that's easy for you because you grew up a certain way. And I'm telling you that my parents made it very clear. Do not sit here and think that other people have things that you don't have. Mm-hmm. You can, you, what they may have that gives them a leg up. You can beat that all day and work ethic. Yep. All day. So you go, 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 go. And because we're believers, it was also a go, 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 and know that God is going to honor that at every turn. That just when you think that you don't, you don't have enough, he's going to make up the difference and push it the rest of the way. He will meet you where you are and he will go in advance of you to prepare a place. And those two things together have literally been my fuel because you've gone through divorce. You understand what it's like to have to build your family, build your life and all these things. And sometimes that's all you've got in the darkest of moments, like all we feel we have, you know, even though there's so much more, you just can't see it. And that has been what's kept me going, you know, it's kept me going. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but I'm grateful. Work ethic is everything. I talk about that in the book with like pointed stories and it's powerful. Yeah. Let's go back also to, I mean, there've just been so many good little (laughs) gold nuggets that you keep like throwing out, but you talked about having to kind of, pick and choose what you're going to hang on to and what you're going to say no to and give up because it maybe wasn't the right time or season or it wasn't serving your audience or you. And sometimes those things can be really hard. Like Stephen King calls it, kill your darlings. Have you ever heard that? Where when he's writing a book, yeah, when he's writing a book, he says like, you have to go kill your darlings, like kill parts of the book that aren't, that don't need to be there, that aren't serving the story or the audience or the reader or whatever. You've done that in a really masterful way, but talk to me about what that process was like and how you decided, yes, this stays or no, that has to go. So let's talk about when God takes away things that you don't want taken away. Yeah, that too. You know, like, so that's where it starts. You know, there's humility. When you start losing things that you thought were so important, and you realize you're still here, and if not, you're better because of it, you start realizing you're safe to kill your darlings. You know, and that that actually does result in an improved product and something that serves better. Mm-hmm. So for me, I mean, I've evolved from 
how I actually started my business with a blog about hair. And then I, you know, on the side and while doing consulting, you know, and then I had opportunities to move into major media. So, you know, now I'm rep by CAA and I have an office in Beverly Hills. But if you'd asked me at the beginning, if I'd be there, no. And my new life has absolutely cost me my old one. That is the price Mm -hmm. of it, but it is a price that's worth paying 10 times over, you know, and I got to tell you, it is not easy, especially post-divorce to realize that when I start over, I get to decide what remains and what doesn't. But that's a beautiful exercise because our society will tell you that fresh starts and starting over is a negative thing all day. They're like, now you're at the beginning again. No. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, a fresh start is a, it's a gift. Like, is that not? The entire point of the Bible is that we get to start fresh. Yeah. Literally can start fresh. Like a whole book and a whole way of life that is built around the gift of starting fresh. And we have a world and a society that condemns it, you know, saying like, I can't believe you're starting over and you're not at a constant trajectory of moving upwards. Like pay attention y'all. You know what I mean? Like that is starting over is a blessing and it is a good thing because odds are it's going to be better. That's so true. And for some reason, this visual of when I was at the Vatican just came into my mind. And mm-hmm. I remember being so shocked by this. And I'm not Catholic, but just being looking up at that ceiling um, where half of it is Jesus, but the other half of the entire ceiling is Moses. Mm-hmm. And looking at his journey and looking at like kind of in the middle, the middle part where he's like in the desert and it feels like everything got taken away from him. Mm-hmm. All of the royalty that he was set up for. Mm-hmm. And you look at the middle and you're like, wow, he just failed. He yep. he lost it all. <laughs> it turns out to be one of the most epic stories of all time, what he ends up doing. Yes. And, yeah. and, What's interesting is here we are. It's so funny because I literally just read about this yesterday, like in my Bible study and talking about how like God so loved him that he buried himself and mourned him. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like when you think about that, it's such a amazing thing about journeys. You know what I mean? Like the journey was his life purpose, not the destination. It wasn't about just the promised land. It wasn't about the finish line. It was about, look, you are literally known for being this man, this guide, this process during the journey. And I think that we minimize, like that is the probably one of the most obvious lessons of this is the journey matters. The journey is valuable. Like God can love you for the journey alone, not for the destination. Mm -hmm. And that is like, when you think of that, it helps you, I hope everyone, give themselves more grace while they're doing this journey. I mean, in my book, again, and nothing is missing. It's not just about where you end up. It's not just about how much you have. It's not just about your kids ending up perfect and doing the right thing and always looking so manicured and the house being perfectly clean and flawless. Like, girl, it's not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. Anyone who expects it is not a real human being. Are you kidding me? Literally right now, my Spanx are cutting off the circulation to my knee. And all I'm thinking <laughs> about is the cheese in my fridge. Okay. Like, I'm like, I need comfort cheese. Like, that is real life. And we have to grant ourselves grace because mm-hmm. you better believe that God's grace is available at every single turn during this journey because he knows what it's giving. And he's so proud of us just for that alone, just for showing right. up. Right. And I think that where you said it's not going to happen, even if it does, most people, I mean, my parents are always telling me this, are going to look back at like the the real struggle and say like, those were 
the good old days. Like that, those were, my parents are always telling me with our five crazy kids running around and screaming and acting like maniacs. They're like, these are the best days, Corinne. These are the moments. These are the moments. It's true. Like when you talk about those couples, like even if you look at the Steve, Steve Jobs of the world Mm -hmm. and the Apple founders and all that, the photos that they share are rarely, I don't even know if I've ever seen a photo of any of them in their fancy corner office in their new building. You always see the photos of them in their garage with Mm -hmm. stacks of boxes around them and no team because it's the journey that inspires. The finish line, okay, we get it, you made it. You know what I mean? That's nice. If anything, some people spite the finish line. They're like, we can't believe you have this much. We can't believe you got here because there's other things which, Corinne, you know, I talk about this some in my podcast, the Nicole Walters podcast, about how people underestimate and it, it sounds all, you know, boo-hoo, you're an influencer, boo-hoo, you have lots of followers. But people don't understand there is a very difficult and dark and hard side to that also because to whom much is given, much is expected. And when you have a platform, people can really be really hard on you and forget your humanity. Yeah, You get judged a lot sometimes for having or appearing a certain way and people don't realize that like it's that journey. It's that journey that's yeah. often not glamorized. Yeah, I can't wait till I have like I've always wanted a gigantic family and I just, I pray that I have all the kids that God wants for me, whether I birth them myself or God brings them to me. But boy, am I excited about the idea of having a table that is loud and noisy. And those are the stories I'm going to tell like at weddings, you know, at the pivotal moments when you want to remember your wedding, the story people remember is the fact that you told the story about when you threw mashed potatoes across the table at Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. real life. Yeah. So what's next for you? I mean, I just feel like I've seen you go through so many things and now you've written this incredible book and and you're releasing that. And then what's next? What's next? So I'm really blessed. I mean, in a basic bullet pointed business way, I have this great book that's coming out and going on tour. So I will be in New York, LA, Chicago, Houston, DC, Atlanta. You know, it's a beautiful thing to get to do all those spots with great speakers and to be wonderful. Obviously, the book comes out October 10th, but it is available for pre-sale now. Nothing is missing. I'm working on some TV projects with streaming networks. So I'm very oh, excited about that. That's super exciting. It is super exciting. It's very cool. Um, I just, I'm grateful to have that platform. and grateful to have, give God that visibility. And I'm just excited about that in general. But this is the, the kicker. People are always talking about, oh, I want to see myself go here five years from now. I have learned that I am so excited for whatever God wants. You know, so I'd like to have some more babies, but gosh, I get to go home every day. I feel loved. My home is peaceful. Um, My children are well. And I just pray to be able to do that and then be in a position to receive whatever comes to me and use it well. So I don't have any major goals for the future except for whatever it is that God wants to see for me. Yeah. Amen to that. I'm in in that same camp of whatever. Whatever whatever it is, whatever it is. (laughs) I've learned that, yep, his plans are better than mine. That's right. I agree with that. Well, Nicole, if there is one message that you want the people listening to this episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? It would be grant yourself some grace. If you can give yourself some grace, the same grace that we have already been given, your kids will learn how, your your business will learn how, your employees will learn how, but it starts with you. You've got to go easy and grant yourself some grace. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, where can people find you, follow along, listen to your podcast, get your book? Where where can they do all those things? So you can find me everywhere around the internet at Nicole Walters, but you can grab the book at nothingismissingbook.com. Okay. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. It was such a treat to talk to you today and reconnect with you. And I can't wait to see all the things that God has in store for you. Oh, hi, Dory. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. Oh, 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 oh,